Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Today is August 5th, 2016. So, ace, please. Okay, so I've got him. He shows me the image of himself sitting on a bed. When I ask him what's this image about, he says I was her special little boy, almost as if I was like her child. He feels that that's in part how you actually viewed him, like he was your child, your 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 baby, your offspring, your little man. Um, he says to you that, and okay, he waved you, and then I ask, what is that about? He says, I want her to know that I am good, that I am fine. He shows me an image of, um, okay, tapping on his legs and showing me that in his spirit body, his legs are working, he's able to sit up, he's able to stand, he's got good muscular strength, in other words, to hold a standing posture. Um, he wants you to know that he is intact, in other words, all put together, um, and that he is feeling strong. He says the physical body, he says in this case, does resemble my spirit body. He says I'm choosing to use this image because she knows me and is familiar with me in this way. He says really, he says I'm a ball of energy, a ball of light. He says as all souls are, but he will use, okay, he's just letting me know that and you know that he's going to use a lot of um, visuals during this conversation, which is totally fine, and I'll describe them as I did just there in the very literal way and then ask him what does that image mean because not all images end up being literal. Sometimes they're trying to get you to say something else. He tells me, too, he was your snuggler, your buddy, your bed buddy as well. When I ask what does bed buddy mean, Ace, um, he says the little guy who would keep you warm at night. Who would? Uh, he shows me an image of just sitting as you're laying in bed, him just sitting beside you and keeping you company. Um, okay. So, Jessica, what's your first question for Ace? Um, I guess uh, how he's spending his time. Does he spend his time around us, or is he spending his time maybe playing with other dogs he knows? Or I just want to know, I guess, how he's, what he's doing. Absolutely. So how about that? Um, he says on the other side, I'm doing an array of different things. Um, he's spending a lot of time in green grass. When I asked, tell me more about this, he just says it's warm. He always loved heat. He always loved warmth. He liked being warm and cuddly. That's why he likes cozy, tight spaces. Uh, he's showing me blankets, for an example. When he was in the physical, he liked cozy, warm spots inside. Um, let me see what else. Uh, he says that also on the other side, he says there are other beings to play with, but I don't get... He says, I'm not infantile. So he says, I have not been spending too much time playing uh, like an infant would. So what are you doing in your interactions with the others, other beings? He says, I'm learning. It's like I go to school over here. He's been interacting in conversational mode with other souls, other spirits on the other side of various species, not just dog to dog. Because I'm on the other side, Jessica, everybody speaks the same language anyway. They all speak telepathy. They all speak thought to thought language. Um, so he says there's actually a variety of different species he's been engaging with. Uh, you know, he's been doing some visitation with you as well. He shows me being, if you were driving in a car, he shows me he has spent some time in the front passenger seat in spirit form uh, going for rides. Uh, when I ask what else have you been doing, 
um, he shows me again sitting on your bed. Uh, when he asks, what is the significance of this image? He just says, I was always available to her. I like to hang out where she went, go where she went, go where... So in spirit form, he's continuing to, I'll use the word kind of follow you around. Um, and he's aware that he's a spirit now and that he's a soul versus having a body, a soul with a body. So there is a difference. But he says, I can't leave her this way. And he smiles. You know, he gives me the impression that in the physical, he really liked to hang out with you, follow you around, um, keep tabs on you. And he says, so not a lot has changed regarding that. I'm still that way. What else for him? Um, I guess I want to know about like his last days. We didn't know for sure. We had a kind of an idea of what was going on, but it was just a crazy last week for him. So I don't know if he knows what yeah. eventually was it. That happened to him or not? Okay, absolutely. Let's see what he does know. So, Ace, can you tell us about your last few days in life? What was going on physically for you? You know, he shows, he's, he's putting a hand on his heart. When I ask, what is this about? He says, it's like my heart was, he describes it as weaker. And he shows me his hind legs also feeling weaker. When I ask him, tell me more. He says, it's like I wasn't. It's like the front half of my body, where the heart would be located, he says, and the back half of my body, they weren't in sync. He feels that there was some discombobulation uh, going on. Things were not in sync with the front half and the back half. And he just shows me, okay, bringing me, actually bring my attention to his eyes, eyesight. He's showing me as if he was blind in one eye. He shows me darkness, blackness, looking out through the eye, although when I look at the eye from the human standpoint, it sure looks normal to me from the outside. Uh, and when I ask him, what is this image you're telling me? He says, I feel like I lost my vision. Okay, okay, okay. So he's letting us know he felt like he lost his vision, all of it, most of it, part of it. Um, he says it was harder to see. It was harder to think. Um, his ability to think in the last 24 hours was, he says, a mishmash of thoughts. It was like I couldn't get my hind end again, he says, to, and he's talking about his brain and his ability to process at this point. He says, I couldn't get my back legs to do what I wanted. He says it was like parts of my body had their, a mind of their own, like things were not, again, in sync is the same word he gives me. When I ask, what was this like for you, it was confusing. It was a confusing time. Now, he does show me an image of you holding him. Uh, when I ask, what's this image about, he says she was right there. And what about James, because I understand you live with both your people. He says he was available, too. Um, but he shows me being like your little guy, your little dog. So, Jessica, I'm, I'm wondering if Ace was just closer to you, perhaps, than yeah. James on an emotional level. Yep. Okay. Because yeah. he just shows me you holding him. You're holding your little baby. So he knew you were there. He was very aware, you know, in this last 24 hours that you were physically present and available to him. He says things were shutting down inside. Um, he had this impression that he was going downhill, and it happened very quickly for him. So aside from the confusion, he really, I mean, he, it's not like he could give me um, a pinpoint of a diagnosis or anything like that. It's, he's not able to give me that. He can just simply describe this is what it was like and this is what it felt for me. It was confusing, a confusing time. Um, now, he does give me the impression that he was aware in the last eight hours that he was still in the physical body. He was not going to get better. It was like pretty crystal clear to me, he says, that I was not going to get better. There was nothing that could be done for me. I was too... Again, he says discombobulated. To, to me, I, I, that's not a word animals usually give me, but um, 
to me that word means, you know, things going awire, things going astray, things not being in sync or in uh, the right pattern that one needs for wellness or for the body to work in unison or in sync like it's supposed to. So he keeps giving me that phrase again and again. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Okay. So he says you did everything you you could. He doesn't think there was anything more that you guys could have done for him. I mean, he says it wasn't about finding out what was going on sooner. He says it wasn't about that. It wouldn't have helped. You know, he also tells me that he had always been really a a consistently hmm, balanced dog in his health area. You know, it's like I want to say he was a a nearly healthy dog the majority of his life. He doesn't see himself as being one of those, um, you know, weak, sickly dogs, you know, throughout their entire life, ups and downs, ups and downs. He shows me being consistently healthy and that this really was a very big thing that took him out. It was, it was very, um, it took him down in a strong way. And Jessica, know that our animal friends don't tell us these things to upset us, but rather to give us their perspective of the experience. He says that pain really wasn't big for him or an experience for him in the last 24 hours. It was mostly uh, discombobulation and confusion. It, pain, suffering, those, he kicks those words out. It wasn't part of his experience. Okay. okay. What else for him? Um, so does he remember, like, his transitioning, or did, could he hear us in those moments saying our goodbyes or... Yes, he could hear you. No, he couldn't see you. Um, it's like his physical eyes were just not available to him in that moment. But yes, he could hear you. And it's like you felt far away to me, is what he says. But he was aware. You were present, both of you. Um, he was aware what was happening in the final, I want to say the last half an hour that he was in this body. It's like he knew things were being set into motion to prepare. Well, prepare you, Jessica, he says, for me leaving. Um, he thinks you had a really hard time with this, really, really rough for you. Um, and he's patting you on the back, and he says, I'm sorry that it had to go that way. It's like um, he wishes he could have made his, mm, his transition, his, um, wishes he could have made it smooth, more, he calls it more natural. What do you mean by that? More like you would have been given more of a heads up that I was getting ready to go that my body was declining. He feels like all this stuff happened in the last 24 hours so quickly that you had to come to grips in a very um, rushed, hurried kind of way. And he wishes that had been different for you. Um, But he wants you to know, back to your original question, yes, I was aware you were there. But it's like he couldn't, um, I want to say he could not really interact with you. Um, He was there in the mind, but out of it? Does this make sense? Yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But he was in pain. Again, he emphasizes, I wasn't in pain, Mom. I wasn't in physical pain. That time had already passed. Good. Um, um, go ahead. He's showing me an image of himself in a baby carriage. When I ask him, what's this about, he says, I really was her baby. I mean, really, that's how he viewed himself, Jessica. Um, and he says that I was a baby who would, <laughs> okay, I laugh because he laughs. It's about the age of three to four ages. He says, I was like a three to four-year-old toddler, and I loved, he says, 
running the house, ruling the roost. Um, he had a lot of say, he says, in his life with you and your fiancé, James. He just gave me the impression that he, um, he was a dog who uh, wasn't shy. He certainly was outgoing with the two of you and got his needs met. And he says, they let me do, he thinks you guys let him do whatever he wanted. And <laughs> this made him happy. So it wasn't really two humans in the house. It was like two humans and a three- to four-year-old child who happened to have a dog body. Um, and he says, we were, he says, the ideal family. Yeah. He's so cute. He says he was a near-perfect dog. Now, he is showing me himself barking when I ask, what is this about? He would let you know when there was somebody outside. Yeah. Yep. He um, had no problem switching out of baby, cute baby, you know, family member mode into guard dog mode, he says, when he needed to. Um, and he could have a pretty big bark. Um, yapper is how he words it. I had a pretty good yapper when I needed to. Um, and he's smiling. He wants you to know that he was very effective. He thinks he was, oh, he's so cute. He says, I think I was effective on multiple occasions at scaring people away who would come to the door, ring the doorbell, and leave. Now, I am seeing a package left behind, so I think what he's referencing is probably a U.S. UPS man or a postal, but he feels he was very effective at making them go away. Um, what else for him? Um, so over probably the last 10 months of his life, he was having liver issues. And I guess I wanted to know, you know, you hear... Like from the doctor's perspective, they thought it was bad, but then from me interacting with him day to day, I couldn't really tell if like I re over overreacted how bad it was or if it wasn't really that bad. Is there um, anything you can talk what about? What he says is that it was very present. It was very real. The liver, um, he calls it mild, though. It was like for him... It, he puts a doctor's hat on his head, which just represents, from my doctoral standpoint, he says, I had mild liver, uh, he says, issues, um, diseases also, mild liver issues or mild liver disease. Um, he says he doesn't actually feel that's what took him out in the end. He thinks there were other sort of complications happening in the body and that it was it's like he will not point to the liver and say that's what took me out. He thinks there was something else that, well, was more of a priority problem um, than the liver. Did the liver influence this priority problem? He says, no, not really. He, so, yes, he was aware he had liver issues, but see, from his point of view, he ignored it and lived life, he says, with full color. In other words, flying colors, full clever colors, it did not slow him down or stop him. He says that he could, he was a dog who could, again, he shows me barking, have an attitude at times. If he wanted something or demanded something, he, he would use, feels like his voice to emphasize, hey, I really want that or stop that or I don't like that. Um, he's showing me two humans being in close proximity, like hugging each other you know, while they're standing up. And I see him being a little bit like, well, I'm supposed to be there too, being a bit, a bit involved. <laughs> um, and him being a little bit jealous of, of that interaction. But he says, Mom, he says, the doctors told you too much. He wished he had, okay, if he could go back in time, he would have put tape over three-quarters of the doctor's mouth when I asked, what does this image mean? He feels that three-quarters of what the vet told you about the liver issues was not him, not his, not, um, not true. What do you mean? Not, not right, not, not exactly right on. Okay. He feels a quarter of it was. 
but it's like he, he wished you hadn't even heard all of that. It was not as serious for me as was being portrayed, is what he sums it up as. What else for him? Um, does he, are there any signs he sends me? Okay. So he says, no, not yet. Um, when I ask, would you be willing to send her signs? He says, well, aren't I sign enough? He says, I sit on the end of the bed all the time. <laughs> so he does do that in spirit form. It's a, it's a really good spot. He's got a good view from that spot of of the room of hmm, the through the doorway. Uh, maybe there's a hallway there, but it's like he's got a good view into just beyond the doorway from his post on the bed. So he's there too. So she would love a sign. Is there something maybe you could do above and beyond hanging out in spirit form on the bed? He says, well, I follow her around. That never changed. Okay, and anything else you can give for a sign? <laughs> I don't think a sign is really that important, Jessica, because as far as he's concerned, he's just spending, hmm, he says, six hours a day I spend with you and James. <laughs> now, he also is on the couch a lot between you, between the two of you, um, as you sit on the couch, uh, like he's wedged in the middle. He calls it a comfy favorite spot. Um, so he's doing that in spirit form as well. And these may be things that he did in the physical too, but these are specifically things he's doing now, present time. So for him, um, I mean, I keep asking for a sign, but he doesn't think it's a big deal. Jessica, if you want to ask him for a sign, you know, he might, uh, I mean, we're asking now, but he's not interested in that right now. So keep asking okay. him in the future and ask him to make it crystal clear if he decides to start sending you a sign. Because sometimes animals will send daisies, flowers, butterflies, things like that, clouds, formations, but he's not giving me anything. <laughs> he says, oh, I am <laughs> <laughs> okay. a dog with a big personality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What else for him? So are there, then are there ways I can know when he's around, or is it just I should assume he's around? Okay, I hear you. So how about that, Ace? Um. He says, oh, I see, you're not seeing me, you're not hearing me. He says, see, everything that I see is the same as what I saw in the physical world, only better, more crisper. My vision is perfect. I'm not wobbly. I'm not walking in a teeter-totter kind of way. In other words, everything for him is back to normal, um, plus some. Uh, so, yeah, she is not sensing you because, my friend, us beings in the spirit world with bodies, we are physically oriented in the physical world. How can she sense you is her question. He's thinking about it. Um, he's looking into you, okay, and what have you discovered about what she's capable of? He says, she's very amazing, he says. She's very smart, too. My person's smart. Um, so how can she feel you? What he would like to have you do, um, there is an exercise that you can do where you basically sit on the couch. You're going to have to do this alone, she, he says, or sitting on the couch holding James's hand. You both can do it because where two are gathered, two are more gathered. It increases the... Mm, energetic feel or energetic power, if you will, of sensation. So he shows me an image of you closing your eyes, the two of you on the couch holding hands, and then what? And then she's to think about me and call me in. And he shows me an image of sitting on your lap, like staring at you in spirit body. He says, she want, if she wants to feel me, she's got to call me in, ask me to come close. And then she's got to still her mind. He thinks that might be challenging for you, but um, Jessica, one of the best ways that I teach my students who want to learn animal communication, this will apply here too, take deep breath. Deep breath centers any being. So drop from your, when you take a deep breath as you exhale, imagine yourself moving from 
your awareness up in your brain, which is usually where we humans live life from, where we tend to hang out. And on that exhale, imagine being like an elevator dropping into your heart space, which is where we more easily access our intuitive abilities, in this case, your ability to sense or feel your little man. And so he wants you to drop into your heart space and then ask, ask the divine to help you to feel him. Ask the universe, divine, God, whatever verbiage is better for you, your preference, and ask to feel him. He's telling me, you won't feel me like you would if I was physically on your lap staring at you and looking in your face, but you would feel him more in, um, it's going to be subtler. Energy of spirit is much more subtle. It's much more light. It's lighter than even the fuzz on a TV that you might have felt with your fingers as a kid. It's much lighter than that. But he says it is palpable to you. So this is an exercise he would encourage you to do. He says, you're probably not going to see me. He says, your eyes are not, at this point, in this 10 seconds anyway, set up for seeing me. Um, He says, but know that I'll be barking every time there's a visitor to the door. He says, know that I'll be barking every time I see, he's giving me an example of a cat, something outside, outside of a window. So, I mean, he's going to continue to do uh, a lot of what he did when he was in the physical. he says, and it's okay to laugh and say, Ace would be la- Ace would be barking right now. Ace would be barking right now. So you can have those memories, he says, because he'll be doing it in the spirit realm. He still sees himself as your mini protector, your mini gladiator, Jessica. He shows me the image of um, holding, like, sword and shield, which is what's prompting me to say the gladiator image. When I ask anything more on that image, Ace, uh, he says she was mine. He tells me he could sometimes be a bit... Uh, okay, he shows me laying very close to you and using the word possessive, like possessive of you, like this is my Jessica, my, my person. Um, when I asked, tell me more about that, he says it was because our bond was very close. She was mine and I was hers. Um, any messages for James? You know, he says thank you for taking care of both of us. He feels that you are very much like a, he shows me you, James, as being like a very a benevolent, loving individual wrapping your arms around Jessica who's holding Ace. He says, thank you for being there. Um, he says, I like the treats you gave me, too. <laughs> Very good. What else for Ace? Um, so is there anything that he sees me doing? Sometimes I do things as if he's still here for him. Does, is there anything he sees me doing like that? Yeah, sure. We can certainly ask. So Ace? Are you aware of anything she's specifically doing for you in the physical? Um, Well, he shows me, uh, okay, I'm getting a a few different flashes, so I'll just relay the list of things. Okay, what is this first? He shows me you plumping up the bed, preparing a spot for him to lie down in. Okay, I also, blankets is coming up yet again. Poofy, um, just um, fluffed to me, it looks like thick blankets versus flat, you know, pancake-shaped blankets. When I ask what's the blanket reference about, he says, I liked my cuddly spot. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a dog who liked to get underneath, halfway under, and stick his head out of blankets or sheets as well, because he really likes cozy little nooks and crannies is how he puts it. So what, back to her original question, what else do you see her doing? Um, okay, so I'm seeing you hold, I believe this is a dog collar and a tag. Um, I get a heart shape for the tag. It may not be literally that shape, but he shows me that, and he says, I was her true love. James is her second true love. But see, he's second <laughs> is how he's put um, Ace really sees himself as the first man in your life, and, and James, you can you, second. And he, he's just doing the ordering. This is not hierarchical, like one was better than the other. It's not hierarchical. It's, it's order. 
Okay, it's how Ace puts it. Okay. And anything else you see her doing? <laughs> he says, let's move on from that question. Um, is there anything you want to say on that question at all? He says it's unimportant. He says for you to talk to him. You can talk and think to him. Keep that up because he likes that. You can think to him. You know, you don't even have to do it out loud, he says, but think to him in your heart. Think to him with your mind. He says, and I hear everything that you're saying. Um, he's telling me now that birds would sometimes get him going. He's giving me the sound of outside birds, uh, cackling, calling, um, noise. Uh, and he says, this could get me going. What is it you're trying to say here? He says, no, oh, thank you. I get it's more about boy, noise, not so much the birds per se. The noise could get him going, you know, things he heard outside, I, I guess, is what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he always wanted to be the fierce lion in your house. And he says that I could put on a good show for people. You, know, <laughs> you mean show, the bark show, he calls it, the bark show, the bark fest. Okay. Um... He would look for you. He's showing me an image of looking for you as you're coming in through the door, like he would look for you when you were on your way home. He paid attention. When I asked him, what way did you look? He says, I could sense her. I could sense when she was coming home. Okay. Uh, I had my own spot. He's showing me a spot that I want to say is on your couch. To me, it feels like a couch versus an armchair. Soft, cuddly spot. Uh, on the cushion towards one of the ends of the couch, closer towards one of the arms. He shows me himself laying there, and he calls it his spot. His. Okay. What else for him? Um, I guess, what was his favorite things to do in life or with us? Okay. Um, cuddle. Couch cuddling. Blanket cuddling, he says. <laughs> Uh, TV watching, but I don't think he was really watching TV. You guys probably were, but he calls it TV watching. Um, foods and treats. Uh, he says he could sit, um, he could stand, he could rotate. Um, rotating to me looks like he's standing on his hind legs and his, uh, well, kind of like a ballerina. I see standing on the hind legs. He calls this rotating. Are you really rotating? He says, I'll say the word rotating because I had to keep my balance. Okay. And other favorite memories in this lifetime? Um, really, the blanket, the cuddling. He keeps feeling the same thing when I ask anything else <laughs> besides that, my friend. Um, he says, I considered myself very much a house dog, uh, a house companion. I loved my comfort. Uh, he says he was always, always all about being cozy and warm. Um, he didn't care if he was clean or dirty. That's not so much important. It felt like it was really about being with his people, with family, um, very family-oriented. When guests would come in, he shows me an image of greeting them after a time in a friendly manner. Uh, I see him barking at the door, or the door gets open, and him coming up and sniffing. And depending on who it was, he says, would dictate my further reaction of them. But again, when I see you sitting down on the couch, you know, even with your guests, I still see him wanting to sit right next to you, Jessica, like, not choosing uh, to sit with somebody else, but wanting to sit with you. He just says I was very close to her. I was her man. (laughs) Um, Oh, he also says, Jessica, you would do anything for him, and he knew that. Um, this This relates to every aspect of his life, all areas. You wanted the best 
things for me, the best of everything for me. He says, and that's what one does for a child. And he says, you did a great job of it. You pampered me. You know, he really didn't see himself as spoiled, though. Um, it's more that you provided him with the creature comforts that he enjoyed, and that to him was a very big deal. So you provided those, and that was very satisfying for me. Again, he's giving me this lion reference that he could go from dog to lion almost, you know, in the snap of the fingers. And this is a, what is this? This is a changeover in personality. He says, I could become the lion when I needed to. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Um, what else for him? He's quiet. Um, I guess on that same note, is there like a certain favorite memory or anything of that nature besides yeah, cuddling? <laughs> memory or, yeah, let's look at places so we can expand out. So a favorite memory or place? Uh, home. I want to ask any place besides home. I'm not really getting anything from him. No, home is, he says, where I stayed. Um, so did you ever go on any outings, Ace? He says, yes. He says, but as long as I'm with Mom, I was always home. Oh, so when you were with Jessica then, where would be places you would go that maybe are outside the house? He says, well, I didn't always like all of them. I don't get he was very fond of the vet. Going to the vet was, like, not his favorite thing. Um so I see in one of these pictures you look groomed. How did you feel about going to the, the groomers? He says, I tolerated it. I tolerated it, but I was a good boy. Um, you know, I'm really not getting anything else. Favorite places. Jessica, is there a particular place you want to ask him about? Um, no, I mean, not particularly. He would travel with us, but I guess it was like we would go back to our old home in Arizona, so it's probably just... Not anything really different for him. You know, as far as he sees it, even the traveling with you, he says I was always home because he was always with you. He was like a sticker stuck to your leg. I mean, he just... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, He never wanted to wander away from you. You know, some dogs get, you know, curious in new places and they want to explore, and I don't see that with him. It's like I always have to keep tabs on where mom is with with his mindset. So for him... um, it's interesting. Some dogs might say, oh, we want tra- on traveling adventures. He doesn't even see it as an adventure. He just sees it as, like, from point A to point B, that's what we're doing, and that's how it goes, and they always take me with me, with them with me. I'm like a piece of luggage, but I'm living, and I got to sit on mom's lap. I got the best view. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> interesting. Oh. Um, you know, he called himself a serious dog there as an a, as a older, excuse me, older, not young, older adult. When I asked, why do you say this, Ace? He says, um, play toys, he says, and things of the past. He shows me, like, not really having much of an interest in that. Now, games, he's bringing you, James, in here. James, would you do some sort of game where you played with your hands or you got down on your hands and knees and you, he called it the, calls it the ruffian game. I see him, like, being like play aggressive in a playful uh-huh. kind of towards you, James, and you being playing like the role of another dog or another lion with me, he says, and the two of you are just barking or you're going back and forth. It's very cute. It's some sort of game. I get he loved it. He says you didn't make a very good dog, James. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much all he would do. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, he thinks he, he outdid your fiancé in that area. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, as far as toys and all that, he gives me, like, meh, I was too old for that, too grown up 
for that. Yeah. Yeah, we would throw a ball and he would look at us like, are you crazy? I'm not going to get that. Yeah, yeah. Um, he says in this lifetime, he really wants to point out to you, Jessica, that you needed me. When I asked, can you expand on that? In what way did she need you? He says she needed something to carry around and love. He loved being carried around by you. Um, he, he calls himself like a pocketbook dog, but I see him in two positions. One position, you carrying him as you're walking. The second position, he's right down, walking right beside you, like very politely, actually. It feels like on a leash. Uh, you know, some dogs will drag their people. I don't see that with him. He just shows me in his mind he was very much more, I stay right by my person's side. Um, I don't give her a problem. I don't give her a hassle. Uh, he does give me the impression there were times where he didn't want other dogs near you. He might bark or things like that at the end of a leash around you. He just tells me that he, under all, no circumstances did he ever want to part ways from you. Um, otherwise, it would make him sad. To be parted from you would have made him sad. So how would you handle vacations and things away from her ace? He says, well, I didn't care for it. I always want my mama near me. As far as back to your original, why did she, why did she need you in her life? What were you saying about that? Um, you know, for you, Jessica, to have, the, to have a being in your life that loves being adored, that loves being, um, again, spoiled isn't the right word, but it's kind of the same idea. It's a lighter version of spoiled. To be able to have adoration, love for a small being, he says he ate that right up. I mean, it was right up his alley, and it was what you, he feels you wanted to give. So he fulfilled that role for you. And he says, you loved it, and I loved it. And he says, I had an A-plus life. He says, you want to know what my favorite memory is? It was being adored by Jessica. Mm -hmm. You did that in so many ways. Um, He tells me there were times he had a hard time letting you out of his sight. He would, like, watch for you, look for you. He shows me eyes, looking, um, being indoors in a house and watching through a window uh, where you're going, and then him seeing you as if you were driving away, and then he shows me himself going and laying down and asks, what's this about? He says, I could spend time without her in my sight, but I'd prefer to be with her if she was available. Okay. Um, what else for, for Ace? Um, so we lived a good chunk of his life with my mom, so I just wanted to know, I guess, if he had anything you wanted to share about time with my mom okay, absolutely. or her dog. Okay, sure. So do you want to say anything about time with her mom? Uh, second best uh, to Jessica. So you were number one, and so he's doing the numbering thing again. So priority number one, Jessica. Uh, your mom was a very close second. Um, he calls her a sweet lady who would give him cookies <laughs> as far as. Cookie Mom is also his nickname for her. And as far as what about with her her dog? He okay. He says I was the better of us two. No, excuse me. I was the more uh, bold of the two. So um, he's comparing his boldness to the dog she had, and he thinks he was more bolder. Um, bolder is loud. Bolder is expressive, uh, and that's his definition of bold. Anything else you want to say about her mom or a message for her mom? He says, the women just loved me. The women just <laughs> me. He was a ladies' man is how he views himself. Um, says that she would, um, your mom would cater to me and give me whatever I wanted to. 
So I had the women in my life. I was like a king. <laughs> I was a king. <laughs> I was a prince. I was. He puts a crown on his head. What is this about? Um, the women catered to me. And again, he doesn't say this in a haughty way at all. It's more like they really adored me. It's very kind. It's very sweet. It's it's really loving. Um, he thinks that your mom would actually watch him for you as well uh, when you had to go away at times is what he shows me. Um, mm-hmm. And she did a good job. She did right by me. He shows me an image of uh, being in bed next to her. What is this image about? She let me sleep wherever I wanted. He feels like he had full access, yeah. reign, um, and permission to do what he wanted. Now, he would miss you, though, at times when you were gone. He would miss you. Okay. Um, he said he had those eyes that were just so penetrating that it's like when he looked at you, he would look very deeply into you. He feels that you've noticed this on more than one occasion. Can I ask anything more you want to say on that? He says, my eyes were like deep pools. Um, he says, my body and my tail were very expressive. you got a little tail. He says, yes. He says, but boy, could I wiggle it. <laughs> so between his eyes and his very wiggable, movable tail, um, he says that he was always very mm, boisterous, loud with his physical body language. It, it's like when he was happy, you knew it. Yeah. When he was agitated or upset by something, you also knew it. Yeah, he could tell a story with his eyes. His uh-huh. eyes were very expressive. <laughs> there you go. What else, Ray? Um, so, I guess, does he remember his younger years? When he was really young, we had another dog that had passed on. I just wondered if he remembers that dog or if he sees that dog now. Okay, so tell me the name and the breeding color. Uh, his name was Brownie, and he was brown, and he was he was a little um, some type of terrier mix. He was a mutt, but probably just a little bit bigger than Ace was. Okay, okay, that helps me orient on the correct dog. Okay, so let's see. So do you remember Brownie, the little male, brown-colored mixed breed? He says I do. And so is this dog with you on the other side? You know, he says um, he's busy. He says Brownie's busy. Um, so I don't get that Ace has what you've been watching. He has seen him once, yes. Um, but it also feels like these two dogs have very different plans. So in, on soul level, um, souls don't just sit around on clouds playing hearts like sometimes is depicted, Jessica. That's not my experience. So when uh-huh. I ask what have you been doing versus what Brownie's been doing, Brownie has been off gallivanting, exploring far, far away. Um, and, Bra- and Ace shows me he's been exploring and observing life much in a, so it's, there are two different areas where both these dogs are observing things in order to learn. There's a lot of different um, activities Ace says that I've been doing that's different from Brownie. So they're aware of each other, but Ace isn't, it's not like they're hanging out. I don't get them uh-huh. playing with each other. Um, and that's just, he says, because we're two different beings on two different journeys at this point. It's not that we dislike each other. Ace says it's just, not time to meet up and hang out. Um, Ace says that the first six hours, he loves the number six. What is it about 6, 6 p.m.? Something even about the time. 6 p.m., very exciting time for him. I'm wondering, did you feed him or give him treats around 6 p.m.? That's typically when we ate, we eat dinner at 6, so it's probably exciting for him because 
He was getting some kind of table scrap or something. Oh, okay. Does that have, he says, well, six, the number, it's his favorite number, and it's his favorite time, so um, a lot of happy memories associated with it. But it was, again, he's saying the first six minutes that he had transitioned out of physical into spirit, he says, he and Brownie sat and talked, and Brownie put his arm around me and patted me on the back, reoriented me to this plane, uh, the, the heaven plane, and then he says, and then he went off back to do what he was doing. So he was greeted by Brownie, but they're not hanging out now. Ace says, I'm spending all my time with you, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as when you were in the physical, any comments about Brownie? Ace says, I was very small. Um, Ace is showing me he doesn't have many physical memories uh, of Brownie that are very loud for him. He says he pretty much... When he became orient, when he as Ace became suddenly aware that, oh, I can become her baby, when he became aware of that role that he could fulfill for you, Jessica, I see him taking that role on hook, line, and sinker. He jumped into that with both feet. Um, so it's interesting. It's, it's like it was all about you and at the exclusion of Brownie, <laughs> um, did you like Brownie when you were in the physical age? He says he was fine. He was fun. He was my partner. But Jessica mm-hmm. was my mom. So, again, uh, you know, you were very close to him. He's telling me once he reached that awareness of, oh, I can be her baby. He jumped right in. Okay. What else for him? Was there anyone else there to greet him when he transitioned? or? Sure. So Did anyone it's... help him or... Anybody else? Um, you know, there's a being who he refers to as grandfather. Uh, whose grandfather? Your grandfather? Not his, because it's human, human shape. Um, is your dad's side, your dad's father, that would be your grandfather, is he passed? Um, yeah, he's passed, but I never knew him. Uh, it doesn't him. necessarily mean anything, but... Oh, okay. Well, okay, I'm getting dad's father, so just so you know which side it's coming from. When I ask the ace, can you tell me more about this? He says, she, she, he feels that you wanted somebody that you trusted, that you cared for, somebody to kind of look out for him on the other side. He says, that's why Brownie showed up, but there are other beings who showed up on your behalf too. So it does feel like this grandfather, even if you didn't know him, uh, he's smiling at me and waving at me and, and saying, I volunteered to help out. <laughs> okay, so this grandfather watched you grow up is also what he tells me. So he, he was helping you with your dog. Um, I see Ace actually wagging his tail and being very happy at every, at the, every being who showed up. There was three. Who was the third one that you're showing me? Who was the third being that showed up? Okay, is it really a rabbit that I'm seeing? He says it was rabbit-like. Okay, so I'm seeing an image of a rabbit-like creature. Um, It's different and it's got shorter ears than the average rabbit and it does not hop, but it's got that body type and build of four legs tight close to the body. Who is this? He said, oh, this is a friend that he's known from another lifetime. It's also one of the spirit guides. So animals have spirit guides just like humans have spirit guides. And so that was my caretaker who helped reorient me as well. So, yeah, there were three beings that met him. Brownie was first. Okay. Um, he's, he's just showing me, what are you doing? 
he's putting on a show. So he says he was very good at putting on shows for you guys when he was in the physical. When I asked, can you describe this better to me so I can describe it to Jessica? He calls it the mouth show. Um, would he ever take a piece of food? I think this is food, not a toy, but a piece of food, put it on the ground, and I see, I see to me what looks like dry pieces of kibble or food directly on the ground, not in the bowl, and him moving around to get it. When I asked, what is this? He says, the show. They put it on the floor, and I'd lick it up, lick the floor clean. Oh, that's the show? He <laughs> says, the cleaning up show. Okay. <laughs> okay. So he was very good at cleaning up the floor. Yeah. This is what yeah. It could be sticky stuff. He didn't care what it was. He's showing me <laughs> glaze, like um, maybe barbecue sauce, uh, stuff like um, you wouldn't, think a dog would necessarily maybe like, because it's not like meat per se, but he says, I liked everything. He called himself a little garbage can disposal. He liked <laughs> if we ever spilled anything, we just let him clean it up. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, he again says that I was very healthy. As far as he sees it in my lifetime, I was very healthy. Um, he says again that I came to fulfill the purpose that I need to fulfill. And what was that? It was to be with Jessica, he says, to be her dear friend. You know, in this lifetime, you really consider himself being one of your best friends. A lot of us humans see best friends as, you know, being other humans. But he expands that idea into, well, I was her best friend and I happened to be a dog. Yeah. yeah. I let James in. Um, he's telling me that he granted you permission to have James uh, come into the the family. So, was Ace in your life before James then? No, he wasn't. No, okay, then let me go back. So, Ace, that doesn't make sense. Can you explain what it is you... I let James be with her. So, but James was there first. So, isn't it the other way around? James let you be with Jessica? He says, no, I was more possessive of Jessica than James ever was. Um, again, he just shows me wrapping his arms around you and being like, she's mine, she's mine. Not in a, I'm going to be rude to you, James, kind of way, but more in a, just so we're clear, James, she's my mama. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What else for him? Um, so, I guess, is there, like, any advice he wants to give me or anything yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so he's looking at your plate of food that you eat. He wants you to eat more beta carotene, carrots. Um, he's also showing me yellow squash. Uh, what is this about? You're trying to get across to her. You need to eat greater variety. He thinks you eat a lot of the same of the same, um, and he feels that your body is lacking in the orange vegetables and yellow vegetables category, you know, the kind of vitamins not minerals, okay, vitamins that come in the yellow and orange categories. Like he wants to expose you. He's going to be giving you a whole plate in this thing of yellows and orange veggies. And he says, eat them up, Mom. They don't taste yucky. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's that. He also is encouraging you to get more sunshine. Uh, what is that about? Um, he says, sunshine makes Jessica happy. So getting more sun. Um, what other advice for her in any area of her life? He said, don't be sad for me, Mom. He says, I'm still your little baby. I haven't gone anywhere. You just can't see me in the way you saw me before. 
He says, um, but you'll feel me at night sometimes. He's showing me an image that in spirit form he'll walk on your bed. So don't be surprised, Jessica, if you ever feel movement on the bed of little paws. Um, I'll tell you, I, I've experienced that myself. You know, no animals in the room with me because the door is closed, and I will feel my spirit cat stepping on the bed. So he's telling me, don't be surprised if you feel me doing that to you because um, he's very much on the bed in spirit form at night almost every single night. He allows James to be there also, he says, on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. This dog was very much very fo- focused on you in this lifetime. Um, other things regarding that question, Ace. Um, he says you're doing a fine job. He wants you to branch out and go out to new places um, See new places, see new sites. Um, you know, he says you've got a traveling heart, but he thinks you're not, it's, it's not even about exotic places or vacations per se. It's going to, even local, going places that you've never been before. These would be like, give me an example, Ace, what are you talking about? Um, going to a fancy restaurant, he says you've never been to before. Uh, going where else can she go? Going to a park, listening to a concert, going to a park you've never been before and exploring it for the first time. And he says it's fine if you hold James's hand and the two of you go side by side. He would like that. He'll escort you both through this park. Um, what is it you're trying to get her to do? He wants you to break out of the old, familiar, mundane kind of way that you live your life and bring in new energies, new experiences by going to new places. Again, we are talking local. Okay? Any other advice for her? He says she's doing fine. Now he's looking at your grief towards him, and he says you understand, understood, excuse me, that I couldn't stay in that body. And he says you were right. I couldn't. He says that wasn't me. It was only like half of me. Only half of me was there, he says at the very end. Um, he says you had to let me go. He says no wrong decisions made there. Um, he's now showing me an image of, okay, a bouncy ball, a red bouncy ball. When asked what is this image about, he says, Oh, I could bounce. I get he's talking about himself. He could bounce. He could, um, what do you mean bounce? He had cat-like supernatural abilities to fly like Superman. and This dog could move, in other words, very quickly and jump from low to high positions, it feels like, in the house in a very quick way when he wanted to. He could move cat fast is how he describes it. Okay. And he's quiet on that question. Anything else? We've got nine more minutes. Um, so you talk about, like, lifetimes and stuff. I haven't really explored that a lot. But, I mean, I guess when he passed, I had this, like, feeling like, oh, I'm still so young and there's so many years until I'm, like, with him again. So am I going to be with him again or? Like, like in reincarnation, him coming back to you type thing? Well, if, if, I guess, is he going to reincarnate and come back to me, or is he going to be there when I pass? Like, okay, okay, sure, gotcha. All right, so Ace, first question, any plans on reincarnating back to her in this lifetime, her lifetime, just so we're clear? No, he says no. He says, I'm going to be her forever friend in spirit, he says, till it's her time to come over, and then he will be one of the first ones to jump up, do this cute little um, standing on his hind legs, putting his front legs on your legs, you know, when you transition over kind of dance and wiggling so that you can pick him up and he can give you kissy faces. 
Okay. So um, it feels like the first time you'll see him again is actually when it's your time to cross over. And he says, and, and Galley says to you, you got a long lifetime. <laughs> So um, he says, time for me on the other side, he says, it's like time doesn't exist. Time is, uh, honestly, for him, he's not in missing mode of you. He can't be because it's not, he doesn't feel time in the way that we feel it here. He wants you to know that. He says, for you, it might feel like a long time, but for me, he says, I'll see you in just a second. Um, okay, so as far as anything more on that. He just says, I, I can't reincarnate with her. He says, because I came to completion with her. I did what I needed to do. She got a lot, a lot out of it. She's got her learnings, uh, which was to learn to care for a being, hook, line, and sinker, you know, full, in-depth caring. He says, I mean, she treated me like a baby, and he loved that, by the way. And she carried me around, and he got to see sights and stuff from a picked-up, feels like you you holding him, picked-up vantage point. Um so he got to do what he wanted, but it was always with who he wanted, which was very much you. Um, it's interesting. He's really not saying much. I keep inviting him to say something um, specifically about James, but he just says he was your boy, and you knew that. So I guess that's why there's more mentioning of just yourself in this conversation today. And he says that James would understand. He, he understood the relationship that the two of you had. It was very tight, and there was nobody to get, nobody able himself or anybody else to get in between that. Yeah. Um, he says, too, that uh, you, mm, what is this? He's showing me an image of you sunning on the beach, and he says you need to do this more. You need to get more sun. What is it about the sun, aside from making her happy? Uh, vitamin D, vitamin D. Okay. Um, he just feels that your body is seeking that. It will make you feel chipper. He says, is there anything I can do for you? Anything you want me to do for you, he says, on this side. He's got a lot of say on uh, the heaven side. So he can, he says, I can bring things into your life. I can make you happy. He can also help guide when you're wanting it. He can also help guide another one that's little and demanding like him <laughs> into your life if you're looking for that at some point. So if there's something that I want from him, if I just say it out loud when I, you know, like, for instance, maybe there's not something I can think of right in this moment, but maybe, you know, at a time there's something that I'll need or want. I just say it out loud to him or? He says, yes. He says, and I will get your team of angels and guides together and we will put our heads together and see about bringing it to you. So he'll help you to, yes, indeed, manifest these things. He says, I can be your spokesman or your leader because I was always dominant number one in your life. That's how I viewed you. And he feels like that's pretty much, although you did share your time, he says, with James as well. And he says, there's no wrongness there. He's glad you did. Um, but he says, I will continue to be your number one spokesman, advocate. And he says, yes. You could just say it out loud, and you don't have to make it complicated. I will bring you things. <laughs> and he says, these are gifts from the divine, but no, I had a paw in it, a hand in it. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. You know, he's saying feel free to travel while you're unencumbered. So, Jessica, uh, unencumbered, he's giving me the impression you don't have any other pets right now, is that correct? Correct. That's why he's saying he'd like to have you... He pushes you and James um, out the house door. He locks the key. He throws it into the bushes. In other words, don't come back anytime soon, he says to you. He really wants you guys to go off and enjoy yourselves. 
there, there's like nothing holding you back, he feels. Oh, one of you has a job that feels like maybe, mm, okay, a little bit more constraining at holding you back and having the full freedom that he would like to give you to go off gallivanting and, you know, um, okay, have fun in the sun, things along those lines. But it is his point of get out of the house and enjoy yourself. You are unencumbered and free for the most part. Okay. He says, tell your mom I said hi. <laughs> um, he says, again, he references the treat lady, the cookie woman, the cookie lady, um, and he just says that she loved having me in her home. He always felt so welcomed, like, like come on in, Ace, and, and he just would come prancing in as if he, you know, had been there his whole life. So it feels like he was very comfortable physically being there, um, and she was so inviting. You know, he doesn't think the other dog who... So she had she had one dog, is that correct? Um, yeah, presently she okay. has one dog. Okay, so the one dog, you know, doesn't feel like was as openly inviting as as your mom was, but Ace is always like, but he never minded me being there either. So it doesn't feel like it was that big of a deal that Ace was present. But yeah, Ace, Ace is definitely the alpha dog between the two. Yes, Ace walks in like like I own the place. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he says, can I help you with your studies? Uh, he wants to know if he can help you with your learning. Um, Jessica, is there anything you're learning or studying uh, right now in your life? Um, I mean, not really. I'm always trying to, I guess, learn more about my, in my role of work. I'm not, like, presently in school or anything like that, but I always feel like, pressure on myself, I think, to get better at my job, I guess. Okay. Then let me ask him, so Ace, what are you trying to say to her uh, based on all this? He says, ask her to tell me, okay, so this is another example of you telling him out loud what it is you need information-wise, and say, Ace, can you bring me, it's like he wants to bring you information allow it to show up to you in a more quicker, easier way, um, instead of you always having to go uh, find somebody or ask for it, like out loud to another human being. He can work very quickly. Uh, so you can ask him, can you bring me someone or some information, even a paper form, you know, an online form, about this particular topic? Or I need to know about this, this, and this, Ace. Can you just make it happen? It feels like he'll be able to cut corners for you and save you time if you tell him, and, well, as you tell him, know that you're also telling the university says what it is that you're requesting knowledge on. And so in this way, he will help you in your studies, in your learning, in your, mm, okay, he's giving me a psychology, uh, what, what is this about, um, in your studies. Psychology and studies are coming up hand in hand. What is this about in your um, learning, in your, I'm getting the word mental too. I'm not grasping all of this, though, Ace. Can you somehow put it together in an easier way so I can understand what you're saying? He, like, he says that you like to help people, and you try to help them be happy. Okay, and what is this about? He says, ask me how I can help her make them happy, and I will offer her ideas. That's what it is, offer her ideas. That's the mental portion. He will talk to you. He will offer you ideas that, you know, plant thoughts in your head that you may think are your own, because a lot of times people who are not skilled in hearing the difference between an animal's thought coming to them and their own thought think that everything they think is their own thought. But he will implant certain thoughts into your head and offer you ideas that you can mentally say out loud to these people to help them smile. 
<laughs> okay. Very good. Anything else for him? We've got one more minute. Um, I guess we're getting married in two weeks, and I want to make sure, like, he knows and will be there. Okay. He shows me wearing little uh, black and white, okay, you know, the mm, coat jackets or, yeah, coat jackets that men will wear, groomsmen will wear. He shows me wearing pants like that and holding a balloon and flowers and saying, I'll be there for the celebration. <laughs> so, yes, he will be there. Um, he's going to, he always loves sitting in people's lap and having the best view. So know that he'll be sitting on, it feels like your mom's lap, um, towards the front. I see him sitting in the front row, sitting on your mom's lap, having the best view. Because he always was all about the view. <laughs> yep. So he will see it all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good. Very good. All right. He blows you kisses. He wraps his um, arms around you and says, I love you, Mom. Very good. I love you too, AC. <laughs> Keep talking to him out loud, Jessica, because, or in your mind, either is fine, because this dog is so tuned in to you that he hears everything you say and think towards him. So you, nothing is being unheard when it's specifically sent towards him or um, related to him. All right. Let me thank him. And he says, let her know her little man loves her. That phrase is huge for him. Oh, okay. Very good. We are set for today, Jessica. I wish you a wonderful wedding. Have, have a great wedding. Have a great time. Thank you. you. Know, little guy is with you. And uh, give me 24 hours to send you the recording. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And, Jessica, your best email, I should probably ask you that. What's the best email to use for your recording? Um... Let's see. Use um, A Z, so like Arizona A as an apple, Z as in zebra. Okay. J P E G U E. That's my last name. T as in okay. Paul. E G U E. Okay. So um, A Z A Z J P E G U E. Yeah. At yahoo.com. Fantastic. Okay. I will use that one then. Very good. <laughs> Okay. All right. We are Thank you so today. much. You are welcome. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.